Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You know our trusted partner TireRack.com for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Hankook Dynapro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Volume. The Colin Cowherd Podcast brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Colin Cowherd Podcast. Now that Dak is signed up for the Cowboys, there is a sense that, okay, best team in the division, here we go. I would caution people on that. The Washington football team rolled Dallas twice, non-competitive games. The Washington football team gave Tampa Bay, the Super Bowl champs, all they could handle with Taylor Heineke. They're going to upgrade at quarterback. This is a team that has a championship defense, a top three defensive line. Ron Rivera is considered within the NFL a better coach than Mike McCarthy. And they actually have a general manager who's not the owner. Um, I think Washington's fascinating. They are reportedly the one team that has made calls for Deshaun, Matt Stafford, Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold, Jimmy Garoppolo. They've made calls for everybody. And my, my feeling is, if they landed, say, Teddy Bridgewater tomorrow, I think they're the best football team in that division. I mean, Alex Smith playing at about 75%, 5-1. People are suddenly overlooking Washington. Once this team bought into Ron Rivera late October, they were the best team in the division. They were absolutely the best team in the division. So I think right now, Washington's a buy if I was your stockholder. Um, not that Dallas is a sell. 
Philadelphia is kind of a mess. Put them in for four. We still don't know if Daniel Jones can play. But I don't know. The team I watched at the end of the year under Ron Rivera was the best team in that division. And I thought physically matched up better with anybody the Buccaneers faced, including the Chiefs and the Packers. He was named the number one pro sports executive of the 2000s by Sports Illustrated. He was the architect early on of the Patriots dynasty, 2001 to 2008. Moved on to the Chiefs. He's a three-time Super Bowl champ. His name is Scott Pioli, and he is now joining us in the Colin Coward podcast. So, you know, the Dak Prescott thing, you know, my, the basic rule in this league is don't, play, don't pay good players great money. And though the salary cap will move up, as you know, it doesn't, it's not going to explode over the next four years. Whereas like Mahomes, for instance, he started getting big money about five years from now. And that's when all the networks are paying double what they are now, because there's escalators in these network contracts where Fox goes from one, one to one, three to one, five to one, seven. So I do feel like Dak's contract, Scott, for the remainder of it, he's a good player getting great money. That would worry me. It, it, and he is getting great money. He's a he's a good and at times very good player. He hasn't hit that elite level yet. But my my sense is, and I don't know this, Colin, but my sense is that Jerry Jones is on the committee. He's on the broadcast. He knows something, and we know it's gonna it's gonna grow. It's not gonna be as exponential or over the top immediately, like you say, because that's something I remember because I was in those meetings for so many years where they talked about the why, what they were going to, how they were going to grow the revenue coming from television. And they intentionally spread things out over years because they didn't ever want a situation where there was this landslide of money. Yes, that that's right. And, and they're going to do the same thing now because what the, that just screws things up. So if they go up gradually, but again, I just think that there's something else that Jerry Jones may know. Again, uh, he's part of the finance committee. He's a part of the most powerful committees. So he, he does know something. And I really just, I don't think he would do anything to put himself in a bad situation financially for his team anyway. You know, he, um, when he paid Tyron Smith, he was the highest paid tackle. When he paid Jalen Smith, he was one of the highest paid linebackers. When he paid Demarcus Lawrence, he was the highest paid defensive lineman. When he paid Zeke, it was the highest running back contract. When he paid Amari, it was the highest receiver contract. Some of this, I mean, listen, there's some vanity here. Some of this could some of this could be a billionaire flex that he has a brand that has so much cash that he can write these hundred million dollar checks. And as you know, Scott, a third of the league can't. I could argue half the league can't. Could some of this just be a little vanity? I, I think so. I think it's a combination of things, Colin. I think you're hundred percent right that there's a little bit of that. I think it's a confluence of a number of things because I also think that he realizes that he thought he had leverage last year and he lost. I mean, this was definitely something it did not work out because here's what, you know, Dak's agent, Todd Francis is very smart as is Jerry, but Dak knew that Deshaun Watson was going to get a deal that was going to be huge. He knew that Patrick Mahomes was going to get a deal that was huge. So doing a deal last year, he, I think that that Todd France said, you know what, Dak, let's be still. Let's take this enormous you know, franchise number, and we'll get paid next year, and we're going to get paid exponentially more next year. So 
I think that there, there's this element where, again, it's part flex, it's part he got leveraged, he doesn't want to be in a situation like that again. But here's the one thing that we know, every time a contract is done and these salaries go up, this is a huge contract. But you know what, Colin? Two years from now, this won't be in the top five quarterback contracts of the National Football League. I, I, I would, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I, I'd bet a hamburger with you today, like Wimpy used to on Popeye, that that number is that Dak's Pres- Dak Prescott's contract two years from now won't be in the top five. You know, the franchise tag gets a bad rap. Um, Dak did well with it. Kirk Cousins did well with it. Players don't like it. When you're a general manager and you have to franchise a player like the Bucks did Chris Godwin, is it sensitive? Do you have to kind of go up and, and call and say, listen, we love you, but? It's extremely sensitive. And, you know, in all the years, my years at the Patriots, my years in Kansas City, I never liked doing it. But you also knew that sometimes you had to step outside of these personal relationships and business was business. And I never felt good about it. I remember watching how it affected the relationship with Adam Vinatieri had with Bill and I, right? Because we franchised him in 2002. He wasn't happy about it. We did a longer term extension for three years. At the end of that, in 2005, we had to franchise him again. He played for that year, but the relationship was over. And you never, you know, in any negotiation, I've always felt this way, Colin. If you've got the hammer, don't bring it into the room. And, but the availability of it forces you to do something that you don't want to do. And this year, you know, it's interesting. Players don't like it because I think it's just human nature, Colin. People don't like to be told what to do. They don't like to be painted into a corner. They want to, they, you know, free agency was supposed to be about free will and that gets taken from a player. This year's an interesting year though, because this is not a good year to be a free agent, right? We've had this drop in the cap. Salaries are coming up, caps coming down. So the margin is less yet players that are going to be franchised this year are getting paid dollars and numbers and guarantees based on last year's. So it actually helps them this year. And again, there's going to be an uptick and you and I just were were talking about how much that uptick is going to be. I don't know, but it's going to be a better place to be a free agent next year. So being a franchise player this year may not be that awful a thing as long as it's only one year. Well, it's interesting, too. I, I theorized a couple of weeks ago on, on, on my show on Fox Sports. I said, this is a great quarterback class, the draft. Next year's not very good. So if Dak would have franchised and got into the market, there are no Trevor Lawrences next year. There, there may not be a Justin Fields next year. And so Dak would have gotten paid regardless. And I do think he's an adult. He's mature. He'll handle it. It is interesting, though. He stays in Dallas, but Stafford of the Rams. Goff to the Lions, Wentz to the Colts, Deshaun Watson may move, Russell Wilson unhappy in Seattle. When you enter this league, good quarterbacks did not hit the market. How surprised are you now that they move like NBA stars? I, I think something that happened this year, you know, you mentioned a number of players. When you look at the Goff contract, and that was a mistake that the Rams made, they somehow... Uh, they were blessed to get out of that mistake that they made with that contract because it was all that trailing guaranteed money they were able to get out of it. Same thing with Carson Wentz. What's interesting here, because I've been sitting back thinking to myself, okay, if a player is high enough profile, is a good enough player, and you give them all that guaranteed money, 
right? The one thought is like you're saying, why do we have to do this? We don't have to do this. May not be, this may be a bad idea, but let's just say for the next two years, there's all this money guaranteed, but two years later, Colin, we're looking at Dak Prescott and he's still just a good player compared to what you're looking at coming out. The Cowboys, if they have to trade him, they might be able to get out from under that contract. What, what was the first big contract you signed? You know, Jerry West tells the story when he signed Shaq, he got sick. He literally couldn't sleep. What was the first big contract you signed with New England, a very frugal and co- cost-efficient franchise, and, and was it restless sleep for you? Um, I, I would say the, the one that I was a part of, the one that gave me rest, there was a number of big contracts that we signed. Not a ton, but there were a number of big contracts. But I felt so confident about those players because the players that we did it with were guys that we had lived with. And yeah. I mean, it was Brady. Remember, we did that year, that that deal. It was his third contract, and it was six years, sixty million dollars. And Breeze was already was well above that. Manning was a, but I, I didn't lose sleep because we knew one of the one of the rules I go by one of the things I believe is if, if your highest paid players are your hardest workers, then you've got a chance. So when we gave him the big contract, I didn't feel as bad about it. When we started paying some of the players that I knew um, were going to be the right guys, I was okay with it. The one that really, that we made a big deal. Um, I, again, I'm just trying to think of some things. When we did the Corey Dillon deal, I wasn't worried about that because we knew what Corey was. And we respected him when we and he made, delivered, by the way, he, he delivered for you 1600 yard. Yeah. But the one that worried me was when we did a Dalius Thomas. And what we did is we went outside the family. We saw a player that had tools and skills that we really liked. And it wasn't a player that we really knew that well. Um, we knew some things about him. But what we didn't realize was that, you know, and this wasn't a Dalius's fault, you know, that 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 culture in new england the way we had set things up the locker room the coach the culture the big picture culture that wasn't for everybody and that's not a slight on anybody because you know in certain ways we were really difficult and yeah. it was a, it was the wrong marriage but we paid him at the time i want to say it was like a 7 million dollar a year deal and yeah. you know, we weren't willing to pay willie that we weren't paying rabel that we you know and um so that one worried me and, 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 you know, it ended up not being a good deal for us. I'll tell you what, another one that I, I remember being a part of at the New York jets that, and when you were asked the story, I know you asked me to tell me, tell you about the Patriots. There was one that I was a little bit worried about because I was, I was threatened. Uh, I was, I was the pro personnel director at the time and had fallen in love with Kevin Mawai and he was at Seattle yeah. and I'll yeah. never forget. This is a funny story, but <laughs> So Parcells wasn't really, you know, he, he, he doesn't like to pay players too much. And we were in this, now in this negotiation, Tannenbaum was, Mike Tannenbaum was a contract negotiator at the time, but I was the pro personnel director. I was kind of involved in the contract. I was kind of involved in the, in the recruiting of him. And we ended up making him the highest paid center in the national football league. And, and what Parcells did, he says, okay, you love this guy so much. Well, here's what happened. Mawai and his agent said, Listen, we 
live in Washington. There's no state income tax. So we want to execute the contract so we can save on the signing bonus. I think at the time it was like a $6 million signing bonus. He was going to save a ton of money. So he wanted to execute the contract out there. And Parcells comes to me and brings Tannenbaum with him. Tannenbaum's like looking away from me. And he says, okay, you want to get this guy signed? You want him so badly? You're flying to Seattle, meeting him in the airport, getting him and his wife on the plane and flying back to New York with him. And I remember I was certain he was going to be a good enough player, but there was also, I did have a sleepless night there just wondering if that was truly going to work out because we needed a player like what he became. We needed him so badly. So that one worried me, but uh, thankfully it worked out. Yeah, he's actually, you know, he was a real, he's, I think he's now in Arizona State's football staff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he's a, he's a, he's a, one of those guys that he's a leader. Like you can, he can, you can build an offensive line around his personality, not just his skills. 100% Colin. And he was, and he's smart. Gosh, is he smart, smart, tough, you know, and that was what, you know, part of what helped Vinny Testaverde become a much better quarterback was he had, Vinny had so much trust in Kevin and Kevin's communication and ability to communicate, you know, identify the mic, but also to set protections and players like Kevin Mawai, I mean, I know he made, he, he made the Hall of Fame, but there's so many reasons. Having spent time around him, he was smart, he was tough, and he was smart and thoughtful. He, he, he's an all-American human being, as, I mean, a Hall of Fame human being as well. The Colin Coward Podcast, proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free. No deposit required at all. Plus, for those folks who want to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly. Instantly, when you make your first deposit with their 20% deposit match. Why do you play on FanDuel? First of all, FanDuel Fantasy, easy to use app. Take five seconds. Pick a new team every game. Compete for top cash payouts. For new users, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly. When you make your first deposit with their 20% deposit match. So just go to fanduel.com slash cowherd. That pays the bills for us. Fanduel.com slash cowherd for more info. Fanduel.com slash cowherd. They know we sent you Fanduel. More you know ways interesting. to win. Packers don't have an owner. Cowboys have a very aggressive owner. Green Bay is fascinating because, you know, they're not a top free agent destination. And their DNA is not hyper-aggressive. And, you know, it's interesting. I've always thought Green Bay, in a way, I would, not that I'd want a meddling owner, but the value of having a Jerry Jones or a George Steinbrenner is, they may just wake up one morning, Scott, and go, get me that guy and I'll pay what it takes. In Green Bay, you never have that. Right. And... And there is like I sometimes I watch Aaron Rodgers and I think, you know, I like I'm at a company with Rupert Murdoch. Some days Rupert Murdoch wakes up and he just wants to make a deal and I benefit. Is it do you think Green Bay is a great GM job or a tough GM job? I think it's I think it's both. And, and I'm not trying to speak out of both sides of my mouth. I think it's a tremendous job because sometimes you don't want people in your business if they don't know what they're doing and they don't know where the line should be. Um, right. And, and 
you want to have people that respect you. But I also know that there's certain things that the, the either the GM, head coach, that the people that work for the Packers need to do. They have to meet with the board of directors. There's a lot of other people that they have to answer to um, that that take up a little bit of time. And, you know, you, you look at that job and you see what Ron Wolf did when he was there. And now he made it a destination with Reggie White and Harry Galbraith. Remember the the, the, the yep. tour that they went on that that was in 92 that was the first year of free agency i was actually with the browns and, and they came through uh on their uh, on the victory tour and um it, it's an interesting place but Colin, you know i want to step back here because you, you bring something up um our time at the patriots um when we started in 2000 bill and i and you know Robert Kraft was a very involved owner, along with his son, Jonathan, very involved in the decision-making. And I'll tell you, it was an amazing, people had talked about Robert in the past, had that maybe he got too involved or he thought too many things, but I, I will say this with all sincerity, you know, the job that Bill and I did, we did a better job many times because of Robert Kraft. There were times where we sat in our weekly meetings and we were talking about things when it came down to, you know, because I was the negotiator, it came down to things and situations and circumstances that Robert had lived through. And he was, um, you know, he was a bit, I called him Godfather. He called himself a rabbi, right? It was, it was, <laughs> but he, he at times would help Bill and I, um, tap the brakes on certain things where we were maybe losing our way or, and maybe losing our way is too strong a way to put it, but he just supplied this level of experience and knowledge, even though it wasn't football related, um, that was really helpful at times. And I, I truly believe helped Bill and I immensely in some of the decisions we made. Scott Pioli joining me on the Colin Coward podcast. Um, free, most great GMs dabble in free agency but try to get some value. Um, you know, I, I'm for occasionally, you know, I thought DeForest Buckner um, for the Colts was a smart get. They hadn't spent a lot of money. They weren't paying a fortune at the time for a quarterback. They needed, they had an emerging defensive front and he was a star. I thought that was a really smart get. Uh, by and large, Chris Ballard's not going to, he's not going to chase that. Les Snead is young. He's aggressive. He's got the NFL's richest owner. It's in a very crowded market with LeBron James and the Dodgers. You know, he understands the value of getting stars. So everybody has a different sensibility. But the draft, did you love the draft? Did, you're talking about unproven college players. Free agency you would dabble in. You understood kind of what you had, pros against pros. When it comes to the draft, I see increasingly people giving up top picks, lots of them, people that I think are good, Pete Carroll, John Snyder. Is there a momentum toward stars and free agency and a momentum away from draft picks? Uh, we, we could have a we could have a one hour conversation about this. So so, yes, I believe in the draft and I believe in a lot of picks. Here's the deal. Every GM or head coach that acts as a GM, we are going to miss so many times. And GMs don't want to say this. The reality is we miss so many times. So the way to get the draft right is to have a lot of picks. The more picks you have, the more opportunities, the more chances you have to get it right. So I'm a big believer in collecting picks. With all due respect, I don't care what kind of grade I'm going to get from somebody after the draft because 
I have a bunch of fourth, fifth, sixth round picks that don't make it. Oh, they only hit on their first and second and third. The more picks you have, the more opportunity you have to get it right. In terms of free agency, here's or, or the two. I, I always talk about the player acquisition calendar, Colin. And there's actually three different periods of free agency. There's the unrestricted free agency time and restricted free agency that's getting ready to start now. After June 1, there's another free agent period. At the 53-man cut comes the third free agent period. And at every single one of those moments, there is a quality player or quality players that are going to be unemployed that can help your football team. And usually the market is dictating what the price is. And, you know, it's funny, Colin, people, the, the history of, of what we did in New England, people don't understand this. In 2001, the first Super Bowl, we signed 23 unrestricted free agents. Wow. And again, this is this is funny. People don't understand. It's I listen to some of the revisionist history and how people talk about things. But that year we signed uh, the list can go I like it's 23. We ended up having 17 players, wide receivers, Charles Johnson's, Torrance, Torrance Small. We signed Mark Edwards at fullback, Antoine Smith at running back, who rushed for over a thousand yards. We signed Mike Compton, who was one of the most amazing free agent acquisitions we could have made. People don't remember that year in 2001, every time that, we, that our quarterback went from under center, Damian Woody was our center. Whenever we had to go to shotgun, Damian Woody and Mike Compton switched because, because Damian Woody was having issues shotgun snapping the entire year. We signed Grant Williams as a left tackle. We signed um, Roman Pfeiffer, Bobby Hamilton, Anthony Pleasant, Brian Cox, Matt Stevens was at safety, and Mike Rabel, Larry Izzo, all these players. We signed 23 free agents for a total signing bonus amount of $2.5 million. And part <laughs> of that, that, that is a true story. People can look it up. Now, was that initially going to be by design? No, it was the circumstance. Because when we took over the New England Patriots in the year before, in 2000, we had 41 players on the roster, and we were $10.5 million over the cap. And we cut down to 39 players and restructured contracts in a bad way just to get under the cap to have a season. And having background in pro personnel, we felt that we knew the league really well, and we were going to build it through the middle class. And we, You know what? That, that's interesting, because I've always said – Belichick is great. He watches Sunday football. He knows film. You can argue he doesn't sit around on Saturday and watch the college game, right? And Colin, I had spent my entire career, correct. And I had spent my entire career up to that point in pro personnel. And when I was the Jets, we were a one-man pro personnel department. We didn't have three, four, five guys. I did every advanced count. And we knew, and Ernie Adams helped it. We knew the league and the players in the league inside and out. So we not only knew what players could do physically, we knew what players could do and couldn't do. We also knew the personalities of the players and who would fit our leader's personality in Bill. And all those guys I just went through mentioned, you think about their personalities, everyone's like, yeah, of course those are the kind of dudes that want to play for Bill B, right? Those are Bill B guys. And it's so I think people will sometimes get 
caught up too much in, well, you have to build through the draft or you have to build through free agency. At some point in time, you do have to be successful in the draft because you've got to have, you know, what people call, you know, rank control. And that's where you have the players at the lower end of the pay spectrum that allow you to have some of the more expensive players. But to, to corner yourself into any one area, again, I, I think of the, the player acquisition calendar and the vehicles of player acquisition, which again, it's free agency, street free agency, unrestricted free agency, restricted free agency, trades. It, it, you have to be willing to put in so much work to make sure that you know all of those specific areas and where the players are in order to build the team. I was just talking to Mangini the other day about Parcells, mm -hmm. and we were talking off the air about Parcells and Belichick. It could have been on the air, but we didn't have time because it's TV. And he, you know, he talked about, and it's interesting because you know you dealt with both of them. You dealt with Belichick in New England. You dealt with Parcells with the Jets, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, Eric said Parcells was a master of psychology, and it's interesting. Bill was a great motivator. When I when I when I watch NFL films and I watch him bark at coaches, he's got a little Nick Saban. He's good to the players. He's tough on coaches. If I said to you, "What is the one thing Parcells taught you, and what is the one Ooh. thing Belichick taught you?" Wow, they both. I learned so much from you know. I go first talking about Belichick. I, I want. I, I do want to stop back because Belichick, in his own way is is a very good psychologist because one of the things that he understands about the human um condition is that players want our competitors and they want to succeed and he knows that what they care about is not being embarrassed and being prepared so belichick's method of psychology would be these players are going to know and trust me because they're always going to be prepared and that leads into one of the things I, I think I learned from Bill or was certainly reinforced by Bill Belichick was the importance of every single detail within preparation, which is why when you get to whatever your job is, um, you, you're prepared because there's going to be things that, that, that go on schedule, then there's going to be a bunch of things that don't go on schedule. And if you're prepared and if you've studied and you are into the detail and dig into the minutia, you won't be as surprised and you'll be prepared to make decisions um, in anything. And, and I could give a list of things I learned from, from Parcells. Oh my gosh. Um, so many things. I, I, I can't, you know, uh, uh, here's what I'll say that that saying, just do your job um, is go, you know, everyone talks about it being a Patriots thing and it being a, a Bill B thing. And reality is it Bill B got it from Bill P who got it from Al Davis. <laughs> and I learned to just do your job when Parcells yelled at me to just do my effing job um, way back. And, I, and it made me realize the importance. And, and again, sorry for the long winded story, but the, the background in this column is, I, it was our second year. I was starting to feel myself because I was, you know, doing well and knew, thought I knew the league pretty well as a pro personnel director. And it was around free agent time, and you know, we had this conversation on my, my free agent board that was in my office. It was just he and I early in the morning, 
And as we got done, you know, I was feeling pretty good because he was happy with with my presentations. And, hey, Bill, want to ask you, you know, uh, I'm curious, you know how much I love to do offensive and defensive line. And I'm just curious if I could do some more of the college, you know, some of the college draft guys as we're getting ready for the draft. And he kind of looks at me and shakes his head. I wish we were on video right now. And he kind of shakes his head and says, um, I'll give it some thought. Takes a couple more steps towards the door. And I'm like, yeah, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, this is great. I'm going to get to do some more. I'm going to get to do the college guys this year. He goes, hey, by the way, um, I've been, I wanted to ask you, we didn't go over this guy. You know, the right gunner from the Green Bay Packers, that kid, um, and he's snapping his fingers and he's, and he's pointing to his head like, what's his name? And I go, oh, you know, Bill, I, I'm not sure. We didn't play the Packers this year. He goes, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Because he reminds me of the guy at, and I think he said New Orleans, who was some backup, you know, a backup player, but he couldn't remember his name. I said, yeah, Bill, I don't know who you're talking about. And he turned to walk away and he turns around and he explodes at me, Colin. That's the effing problem with guys like you and you young guys. All of you want to do someone else's job rather than becoming an expert at your job. If you want to be great at something, master your job. Just do your effing job. And he, I mean, he dressed me down. It was a lot worse than that. And he walked out of, the door, out of my office and slammed the door. And I didn't know if I wanted to fight him or I, I was because he was 100% right. He was 100% right. I had a job. My job was to know the entire National Football League, Colin. And I didn't know the entire National Football League. So long-winded story and way of telling you, um, I learned the importance of just do your job. But then later on, he told me the story. I asked him about that. We, we've had that conversation about that day. And he said, well, I learned it because Al Davis ripped me. And he told me the story how after his first season at the Giants, you know, he and Al Davis were friends and he was saying something to Al Davis and he was kind of complaining about, well, I, I don't have this, I don't have that. And Al Davis just said, you know what, Bill? He just told him, shut the F up and just do your job. What are you right now, Bill? I'm head coach. He said, so coach the team. Go coach the team and let your general manager get the players. Just do your job. So is that too long of a story, this Colin? Is, I apologize. No, this is, this is why... <laughs> This is why I created a podcast network for, <laughs> for stories like that. That's fantastic. By the way, I think Parcells would revel in you telling that story. Oh. I think Bill, he, I think Bill loves that stuff. You know, it's funny. I haven't talked to Bill in a long time, but Mangino says this. He goes, every time I talk to Parcells, he goes, oh, don't call me. I'm just a dinosaur. I don't know anything. And he goes, then you ask Bill any question about the league. He's got a completely detailed answer. He's got Bill knows where every skeleton's buried. He's sharp as a tack. And he plays Mickey the Dunce on, on purpose. Yeah, he plays possum on you now, too. <laughs> he'll act like he'll say that and then he'll say, Yeah, I can't remember. And he's like, he's one of those guys who, who he always knows the answer or he knows most of the answers to the questions that he asks you. And he wants to see A, if you know what you're going on, or B, if you're going to tell him the truth. <laughs> That's great. Did you know Parcells? I always saw him as a good personnel guy. Not all coaches are. I, th I look at Jimmy Johnson and Parcells. I've always thought of them as as really good personnel guys. Mm -hmm. I, I always think of Belichick as more of uh, kind of an academic, um, situationally brilliant. Um, not that he's not a great personnel guy, but I don't know. I just Parcells to me is one of those guys. Body shapes. 
fit. You know what, Colin? And, and, and this is, you're right. But here's where and why I think he's a really good personnel guy. Because he knows what positions that he knows and he knows what he doesn't know. And he won't necessarily come out right out and tell you that he doesn't know something, but he, he, again, there's certain positions and certain players and certain player types that he knows and he nails it. And he also knows what he doesn't know. And he relies on other people for information. That's what makes him really, really good at it. He may not articulate it or show it, but he, he internally knows when to stand down and gather information. If that makes sense. Yeah. Do you miss the heat, the juice, the energy of running a team? Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's uh, Anybody that gets out of it, they, they, I'm going to speak like um, my hometown, Washington, New York. You can't not miss it. it it's, it's, it's impossible because if you spend your life competing and you're, um, you're living on the winning and losing as unhealthy as that is, you know, and this sounds crazy, Colin, I even miss the losing sometimes because at least you it makes you feel something. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, the losing sucks. Don't get, don't get me wrong. Right. But the feeling, it, it makes you feel a certain way um, that's extremely unhealthy at times. But I'll, And now I say that, and I love what I'm doing right now. You know, it's, it, and I think this is part of what happens is we get one track in life. And many of us say, this is what I'm going to be. And you get on this track. Now I'm an old man. I'm getting ready to turn 56. And you think that this is all you're going to be for your life. But when I got into football, I got into it because of what I was given, which was the help, which was the coaching, which was, and I'm in a role now where I'm still around football and I'm helping people. And I'm helping people through the game with the game. So there's elements I miss, um, but there's parts you know, there's there's parts of the game that are different now than I you know 27 years in the league that are different that I don't miss. If that makes sense. Now tell the audience what you are doing now. Yeah, so I'm working for the NFL Network as an as an analyst. I'm working for CBS Sports and CBS HQ as an analyst. I've also got a couple of uh, part-time consulting jobs. I'm, I'm helping some people at some colleges, and uh, you know, so it's it, I'm, I'm keeping a very, very busy life. We're we're still here in Atlanta. Our daughter's getting ready to graduate in May. She'll be going to uh, Boston College in the fall. So, so we stayed here in Atlanta for the even though I left the Falcons in the early part of '19. Um, we're we're just hanging out here in Atlanta. So I'm working I'm working from the basement, as you can see right now. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. 
They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know, I know you're busy. I I think about this from time to time. When I was in New York, sports talk radio, WFAN, was very powerful. Mm -hmm. And I always believed the Mets felt pressure to chase the Yankees in free agency because of the volume of hosts and callers. And that I never felt the Mets were terribly well run. And sometimes they were beholden to the momentum of sports talk. I never felt the Yankees were. Right. And sometimes uh, I don't feel the Giants are. Sometimes I have felt the Jets are a little. They're the little brother in town. And, you know, Boston's a very tough, cynical town. Okay, very tough. Oh, yeah. When you, when you started building this dynasty in New England, you didn't have any track, right? Who's Scott Pioli? And Boston is a harsh, cynical political. <laughs> do, do you remember some early days thinking, shit, we better get this stuff right. We're going to get chewed up. I, I don't know. You know, I didn't, I, I just knew that's what the business was, right? It's, it goes back to the Godfather too. And I learned early on in this business, you know, the Godfather too. Remember Hyman Roth says to Michael Corleone, you know, this is the business we've chosen. So, you know, right. when you're in it, you're, you're in it to get gutted. You don't get hired to be put out to pasture, you're getting hired to get fired eventually. And, you know, having been, you know, grown up in New York and be, and you mentioned the Mets, I grew up a Mets fan. You know, I was a Giants fan and a Mets fan. And it was a tough life to lead. And you knew how fans could get. Um, you know, I had been through, I had seen and lived and felt much of the fan thing. I was in Cleveland with Bill when that thing unraveled and Art sold the team. So yeah. I got to see the fury and the mob mentality. So yeah. when, when we went up there, yeah, and again, contextually, people um, don't always remember what that was like. 
that first year in 2000, we were five and 11. And remember when Bill went up there, you know, he had just resigned from the Jets and he had had the bad experience in Cleveland and he wasn't the most popular guy and, and, and he hadn't won enough yet. And it was, the heat was on now. The yeah. heat was on. We started the first, the, the second season, and we weren't winning. Then Bledsoe gets hurt, and people were always waiting for the other shoe to drop. But even after we won that first Super Bowl, Colin, after that 2001 season, 2002 Super Bowl, they were still coming after us because it was a fluke. And there were people who didn't like Bill so much. Um, That's right. That that wanted to see him fail. It was a fluke. It'll never last. And um, honestly, there were times it really sucked to watch being, you know, watching that happen to Bill. um, I didn't like it. It was unfair. Um, But yeah, it was. And and yeah, it's funny you say that. I remember the the hard times too, when there was a, there was a a particular sports personality. I'll never forget because I ended up doing the Bledsoe trade with, um, with, with the, with the Buffalo Bills. And I did it, you know, with Tom up in, in Buffalo. And I'll never forget, people were so angry at us. And we had just won a Super Bowl. And they, uh, the sports writer said, because no one knew who I was or, what, you know, what my role really right. was. It was beautiful. I loved it. And they said, this trade is going to define Pioli's career. I still have the, I still have that quote. <laughs> and, and it was, and it, and, it, and it wasn't just me, you know, it, it was just, but they, they just wanted to not only go after Bill, but any of us that were closely associated with Bill to, to beat it up. Yeah. I'm listening Boston, Cleveland, these, these Northeast cities, they're tough out West. We're too happy. Yeah. Nobody yells about anything. <laughs> out East. It was crazy. When I got down to the Falcons here, it was, it was funny. I mean, people reacted and responded, but they really more wanted to know they were more about what the Bulldogs did, what Georgia did. There were even people that were more concerned with what Auburn and the University of Florida were doing more than what the Falcons were doing. It was crazy. Yep. You no, know, I mean, Atlanta is a huge college football town. I, I, I used to complain as a Seattle kid. I used to say, we don't care enough. We just don't care enough. I mean, I live in Los Angeles. I like Clay Hilton. He's 18 and 13 in the last three years, and his job isn't in jeopardy. Got Gene Chizik won a national title. He's out the door two years later. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And they're, it's not that he's just out of town. They're chasing him out of town with torches and right. forts, right? Yep. Oh, God. Scott, this has been great. I love this. Um Scott Pioli, folks, check him out. NFL Network, CBS. I've, this is the second time I've talked to him. I could talk for hours about this stuff. I'm such a personnel dork. I love this stuff. Let's keep doing um, it, then. I, Let's keep doing it. I, I would love to. Scott, thank you so much, man. Colin, thank you very much. Be well. And remember to follow us on social media, at The Volume Sports, on Twitter and Instagram. Rate, review, and hit that subscribe button. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we have Aqib Talib. He was great this week. Me, I'm great every week. Keep listening.
Volume. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, Start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com.